everyone, and welcome to Sugar Pills, your practical guide to self-care. I'm your host, Candy Washington, and I can't wait to help you lead a more joyful life. So let's get started on this week's episode. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care. So if this is the first time you're joining us, I'm your host, Candy Washington, and I cannot wait to help you lead a more joyful life. If you're listening to the podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and of course, share with a friend. If you're watching this over on our YouTube channel, again, subscribe and leave a comment and also share with a friend and be sure to like this video. Any of your aha moments, please join us over on Instagram at Candy Washington and tag me and I will be sure to tag you back. I want to know what resonates with you. I want to know what questions you may have and I want to know just how can I better serve you. So with that, let's dive into today's episode. I have the beautiful Carolyn Scott with me. She is a travel show host, a media personality, a vegan chef, a nutritionist, and an author. So welcome to Sugar Pills. Carolyn, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you do a lot of really great, fun things. So do you want to just tell us a little bit, how did you get your start? What are some of your passions and just what your backstory is? Yeah. So I, uh, I'll backtrack way far back to yeah. when I went uh, initially went plant-based back in 1998. So it was before vegan was a thing. Uh, I did it for health purposes. I read a book that just kind of resonated with me and it made sense. And I just switched uh, just for my own personal lifestyle. And uh, I live that way still. But in 06, I, uh, I had my own PR firm and I was traveling so much for work, uh, both for business and for pleasure. And people would always ask me like, oh my God, how do you travel as a vegan? And this was a million years ago. And um, so I started, you know, talking to people about it and I thought, oh, there's so many travel shows out there that aren't helpful to people. (laughs) You know, at, at the time it was just like really weird stuff, like exotic weird stuff that no one would ever do, like eating bugs in the Amazon or like going to Chicago to eat like a 30 pound burger. Like there was no in between, right? Um, they're different now, but, but even still, it's still either very luxury or very weird. There's not a lot of like in between kind of stuff. So I thought, oh, I should create a show that's a resource for people, not just for vegans, but people with all sorts of dietary restrictions, right? Because it does in a lot of ways make it seem like it's more difficult. Um, and back then it was, and now it's, it's so easy. But so I, uh, I started pitching it around to networks And uh, it was just way too soon for like anything remotely healthy. I had that verbatim from an exec. They're like, oh my God, this is such a great idea. We just don't do healthy. And I was like, what? What? (laughs) You know? So I was like, you know what? I'm a publicist. I have a film background. I'm just going to do it on my own. Nice. So in 06, I launched it on my own. And um, that was the travel side of it. And then I added a blog to it because I was doing my own show on YouTube. uh, And then obviously, you know, on my own dime, I couldn't travel all the time. So I started putting up recipes because back in 98, when I went vegan, I ended up going to culinary school and getting my master's in holistic nutrition because I really wanted to learn how to do it properly. Uh, I know I couldn't just survive on guac and chips and cucumber sandwiches. So I, uh, 
I was able to take everything that I learned back then just from my own personal stuff and roll it into what is now the Healthy Voyager. Oh, I love that. And it's so funny because I think now, of course, in the wellness space, being a vegan or being plant-based, it's like, if you're not doing that, it's kind of like, what are you doing? You know, we're all in this very like, you know, wellness, self-conscious, self-care space. We're being very intentional, intentional about what we put in our bodies and what we eat. But when you were talking, why that was funny was the travel show at the time were either extremely like luxury, like unattainable or like on the weird side. And it's funny because I think that in the past, that's what we would have thought about being vegan or being plant-based. It's either for someone like a Gwyneth Paltrow, like she has all this money. So of course she can be this. It's like this luxury and attainable thing. Or you're kind of like this tree hugger, hippie dippy person, like just like eating like quinoa and like hemp oil or whatever. And I love that what you did was you kind of made it um, relatable. Yeah, you made it like mm-hmm. the everyday person who's just like, hey, like I got inspired to live this lifestyle. It works for me. It's healthy. And I just want to show the other everyday person or woman that she can do it too. And so you made it attainable and you also made it mainstream because it's so funny. Like an executive now would never say that. They'd be like, oh, yeah. just, that's all we want. We want the next goop. We want the next whatever it is. You know, we want the next yep. Super Soul Sunday or, you know, whatever that. The thing is, so you're definitely um, ahead of your time, which is pretty exciting. Um, so what do you do now? Like what's, what, what does your day-to-day look like now and what you're doing? Uh, so, oh, sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> I, um, well, now it's my full-time job. So I, uh, back in 08 when the economy tanked, mm-hmm. uh, it ended up being the blessing in disguise. I was kind of done with the PR world. Uh, and while I was trying to figure out what my next move was, I already had this on the side and it ended up becoming my full-time business. So, uh, I still do a lot of recipe creation for clients and consulting. Um, I'm putting out my second edition of my cookbook this Christmas. So it's the 10 year anniversary of my cookbook. So congratulations. That's great. Thank you. I can't believe it's been 10 years already. But um, so yeah, so I've added 26 new recipes and kind of updated it. Uh, So the second edition will be out this Christmas, um, hopefully by Black Friday, so people can buy it for the holidays. Um, So yeah, just still doing all that stuff, still traveling a lot for work, doing my travel show and doing a bunch of TV stuff and uh, working on a bunch of different projects under the umbrella of Healthy Voyager, um, doing a bunch of group trips next year, bringing that back. I'd done it uh, for a while, and then I got just busy with what I was doing, and then and then COVID hit. So mm. uh, now that travel is back, I'm launching some pretty awesome exotic trips next year, group trips. So the first one will be in the spring, uh, Jordan and Egypt. Oh, so wow. people can come to either one or both together. Um, and then in the fall is uh, Machu Picchu and Peru. So yeah, that's doing some some fun stuff. That's really exciting. So you were able to transition from PR to doing uh, content creation, basically having your own business full time. Do you have any guidance on those who have a passion, have a purpose, but they don't know how to make that transition from their more nine to five or maybe their more corporate job to doing something like that, like having the travel show on YouTube and having the blog and making the recipes. Do you have any guidance on someone wanting to make that transition? 
Yeah. Well, it's funny because when I started, there was no such thing as social media. Like there was nothing. It was 06. So, and my blog was on Blogger. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It was like super just basic. Um, So it's funny how when I threw the show up on YouTube and YouTube was very new, I think it had only been around for like a year. Oh, wow. And uh, there was no camera phones, like everything was filmed on like proper cameras and then you had to digitize. It was like a whole deal. So I've, I've been there since like the stone ages and just seeing how social media grew and it just kind of all happened by accident. When I launched it, I was just doing it to kind of make it a calling card so that the show would get picked up. I never thought that what I'm doing now would be a job, (laughs) you know, Um, or that, that you don't really need a production company. I mean, it'd be nice. It's hard doing it all on your own. I'll tell you that. But, um, but you don't have to rely on anyone if you don't want to, you know? So, um, I would just say, you know, don't quit your job until you've got, you know, things going. Um, but it's definitely possible, you know, if you find something you love and you're good at it and it comes naturally to you, just do it, Yeah, you know, and it could end up being your next chapter or your way out of your dead end job or or whatever. Maybe you don't want to leave your job. Maybe you just want to do it on the side. I mean, whatever it is, it's possible. So, you know, it just takes time and and dedication. So if you're really into it, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, because I get that question a lot on uh, like how to monetize as a content creator. Sometimes I tell people that they can like pitch brands to like do sponsored content or they could sell their own products like here's my book, here's my recipe book, or, you know, I can make a curated recipe for you or whatever the case may be, or have like a subscription or, or now again, like YouTube is so big, do like Google AdSense and all of that stuff and get monetized that way. So you're right. The landscape now is so big because you can reach out to brands to sponsor you. And you can also do like affiliate marketing and you can also sell your own products and your own expertise and, um, in coaching and consulting. So like the whole gamut is open now. So that's, that's pretty cool. What's one thing that you really learned about yourself on this journey? So you said you started in 1998 and then it's been Mm -hmm. 10 years since the book and you're just doing all these great things. What's something that you discovered about yourself either doing the transition or just during this time that surprised you? Um, well, I would say two things. One would be resilience because it's not been easy. There's a lot of no's and a lot of disappointments and a lot of letdowns. So it's a roller coaster. Um, and also that it doesn't matter how many times you start over. Um, I've started over in my life many, many times. And, uh, it seems daunting when it's like upon you and you're like, oh, God, I don't want to start over again. I was comfortable, you know? And then you look back once you're like through it and you're like, oh my gosh, I, that was, it was fine. You know, I t- it turned out fine, you know? So like in 08, when the economy tanked, it was scary. It was like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't want to have to go back to a job. I've worked for myself for over a decade yeah. and I don't even want to be doing this anymore, but I don't know what I want to do next. And I was always always very entrepreneurial anyway. Uh, I knew I wasn't cut out for like working somewhere. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, totally. I like, I've always liked working for myself and having my own schedule and 
doing what I wanted to do. Um, and it wasn't just for me is because I knew that any, any business that I had, I was always helping people. Even when I had my PR firm, I was helping like before I had started my own firm, I had been working for a major firm where we had like huge clients like Cartier and, you know, Van Cleef and Arpels, like really high end brands working with celebrities and all that stuff. And I thought, with the amount of money that these people pay in a retainer fee, it's outrageous. The little guy can't afford PR. And I was like, I can help the little guy, you know? So, uh, I helped a lot of very small startup brands, um, a lot of single moms, um, a lot of people doing sustainable products and services. So I was able to give them the same amount of service I was giving Cartier for like almost nothing, you know, for me, but for them, you know, Mm -hmm. to make it, uh, so even though I was out on my own working for myself, I still answered to my clients, but I felt like I was providing a really good service. Um, so again, when, when that went away, I'm glad I had the skill set because I was able to use it to build my own stuff. But, oh yeah, I came out to LA for one thing and then it changed to this and it changed. So I always say I've, you know, I've had nine lives. So, uh, yeah, I'm probably going through another transition this year. So as much as it's like, ah, I'm tired of it, it all happens for good reason. You know, it's it what might seem like a setback ends up being a slingshot. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I totally believe that. Like, I think one thing to really take home is that life isn't linear and it's not meant yeah. to be, and there's no one path and there's no one cookie cutter way to do things. And that you are the architect of your blueprint. So that means you're allowed to change how it looks. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I think it's going to help. A, it helps me because I transition a lot. (laughs) I do all that stuff. And B, I think it's going to help a lot of people listening. I think that they're going to really resonate with what you're saying and identify with their own journey. Because I do think sometimes it's hard to face something where you have to pivot or it's an obstacle or you have to rebrand, restart over, reboot or whatever it is. And sometimes we take those things as a reflection of, am I failing? Am I not doing good enough? I should be here. And then you do comparison. Everybody else is doing this, this, and that. And how come I'm not here yet? Like, am I falling behind? But the truth is, it's just your life is like your own lane. And you, and mm-hmm. it's your own journey. And there's no there there. And it's okay to wake up and decide to be or do something differently. And so thank you for being like honest and transparent with that because I think it helps a lot of people when someone is honest about it, it helps them feel better on their own journey too. And that's the thing too is, you know, the the internet, it's a double-edged sword, you know? So like so many people now run their own business from home and it's great. It gives you the flexibility to do what you want and to create your own everything, right? But, you know, then there's the yucky side of it where it does give people a lot of pause in their own life. Like they're seeing just the highlights of these people's worlds and you're you're just being bombarded by it every day, you know? So it's like, oh, wow, that person. And it's like, it's rare that there's an overnight success. And if there is like good on them, that's not the norm. Um, And like everyone has problems, you know? Yeah, no, totally. And also with uh, social media, I feel like now it's like extremes. It's like one, it's either like super glossy, photoshopped, facetuned, mm-hmm. like n- nothing flawed. And it's this completely illusion of something. 
And then on the other mm-hmm. hand, I feel now we've kind of had this shift to like crying and not running down people's noses and like, yeah. <laughs> this is what it really feels like to be in a mommy at home or an entrepreneur. And it's just like, yeah. relax on that too. It's like, there's no chill on social media. Like there's just like, can yeah. you just be like, hey, what's up? Like there's no <laughs> chill on social media. So I do think yeah, no middle there's ground. no middle ground. It's either like this highly curated glossy life or it's these people writing like these long monologues about how horrible things are because they want to be like hashtag authentic and it's like stop Real, it. You yeah. just want attention. So yeah, exactly. it's hard to get that middle ground where it's just like, hey, this is just me today. Hi. <laughs> so yeah. I definitely have that like experience that. And I also think with entrepreneurs, especially female entrepreneurs, I think sometimes we have this pressure to be like hashtag boss babe. Like we are like killing yeah. it CEOs and like killing it in our like business and we're like these entrepreneurs and blah, 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 blah. So if there was something you could do other than what you're doing, what would it be? Oh my God. So many things. That's also, that's also the problem about being an entrepreneur. Like I want to do a million things, you know, like, and I'll think, oh, I'm going to do this project. And then I'm like, no, you're not, you know, like, but like, I'll write it down and I'm like, this could be, and it was funny. Somebody uh, posted something the other day that I was like, it's so true. So say you're, say you're in this situation where you feel kind of stagnant, right? Like you, you feel like you've gotten as far as you've wanted to go. And then you are thinking of all these things like, oh, well, you know, maybe if I add this to the business or if I launch this or whatever, if you're trying to get out or escape your situation, be it like not enough money or the business isn't going where you wanted but you're thinking of all these things up here, a lot of them are still kind of based in fear, mm-hmm. you know, like escaping. So they're all going to kind of dissipate, right? So uh, a lot of those ideas happen like that, you know, where you're like, oh, well, this could be the thing. And you're like, well, what are you, what are you trying to outrun? You know, what, what is it that you can't, you can't get from where you're at right now that you're looking for like some outward thing, right? So I'm the queen of like a million ideas and trying to, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, but do I want to start something again from scratch by myself? Uh, You know, that costs time and money. It's a whole new thing. Do I really care enough about that to leave what I'm doing or, or to spend more time doing that? You know, so it's, it's really difficult because some of them seem like really great ideas, but, uh, but yeah, I think you need to like with the whole grass is greener water your own grass. And if it still dies, then okay, then move on. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, it's, I think that's a really big thing with an entrepreneur, uh, is really just figuring out how to keep growing, um, and to stay fresh and to not make decisions based out of fear. You know, like the quick fix or, oh, this will be great. And then you're like, "Ah," you know, like it's fine to have these little sparks, Mm -hmm. but uh, it's really important to really just cultivate what you already have and figure out how you can grow from there. And sometimes you do end up, you know, there's a fork in the road and you're like, you're doing something similar, but different, you know, which is a a tough thing to grasp when you're uh, going through any transition, right? So say you feel like, oh, I've worked so hard and I took it, you know, it took the ball so close to the goal line, but I never made it. 
that's okay. Yeah. You know, like you've built up a lot of skills and a lot of experience and you can use all of that on the next venture. And sure, it's disappointing if things don't work out after you've put in so much time or money or effort, but it all means something in the end, you know? Yeah. And how do you know if you, if something is coming, like an idea is coming out of fear or if it's coming out of inspired action? Like, how do you know the difference? I know sometimes for me, I'm like, am I, do I have this idea because I'm feeling anxious about something or because I'm Uh like, like you said, am I running? Do I want to do a quick fix? Or is this idea actually an inspired action? Like it, it really is something I should be doing. It's, it's, it's something I should be doing. It's a calling or it's a pivot or it's a yeah. voice telling me to move in a different way. Well, I think you nailed it right there. I think you feel it. I think you know the difference. I think when you feel like a positive burst from it and and everything kind of unfolds easy with it, or you can figure, or you can really see the path like, okay, well, if I do this and, oh, and I know how to contact for this and, oh my gosh, I can do this. And then if you feel like you can easily get there or you know the steps to take to really achieve it, that's when you know it's real. When it's kind of far-fetched and you're like, well, <laughs> I would have to do this and it would cost this and whatever, you're already talking yourself out of it, mm-hmm. right? So um, I think it is something that it does feel like a boom, 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 you know, like fireworks. So I think you you know when you're lying to yourself. <laughs> You know, I think it's pretty obvious. No, totally. Um, But we all do. Oh, definitely. What's Mm -hmm. been one of the, I don't want to say challenge or obstacles, but what's something that you faced, you know, as an entrepreneur and as a content creator um, that you had to work through? And then how did you like get through it? That maybe you weren't even like expecting hmm. to happen or to pop up or something like that, or like a setback, like a no you heard, but you had to figure out how to get a yes or something like that. Um, well, I think it's definitely just how I started, you know, like I just figured it all there was no template. And uh there was no one that I knew doing what I was doing, you know. So it was all just trial and error. So now I just see how easy it is for people to like film something on their phone. And then it's just like, I'm like, oh my God, so hard back then, you know? And it's like, so um, I think it was me being kind of ahead of the game before things existed. Um, So that was, it was exciting because I was kind of forging a new path and uh, I didn't expect this to be what it is now. Sometimes I feel like it's a little ridiculous <laughs> what I do for a yeah. living, for part of my living. And it was funny you'd mentioned earlier about how uh, everyone's got this and, and so many different ways you can monetize. Um, you have to. Yeah. Even like millionaires will tell you, you need like seven different streams of income. So if you're hustling and you've got all that going on, that's how it's supposed to be. You can't just rely on one thing. And even though it looks like people are relying on one thing, that's not true. You know, there are a lot of moving parts and you have to have your hands on a lot of things. So it's okay that you're doing X, Y, and Z, right? Um, But yeah, I think just the hardest thing is, is the constant, like, what am I doing? Should I be doing this? This person does it like this. That seems easy enough, but I don't really want to do it like that. So I think ultimately 
being really real with yourself and really honest with yourself. Like I'm, I'm in like, I'm, I'm 45. Mm -hmm. So I'm like past the, the prime of like the usual influencer, which is funny. I'm in that tide pool with them, but I'm not, you know? So like I'll see stuff they're doing. I'm like, I don't even want to do that stuff. And that's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You know? So like, that's the thing is there's a lot of, um, a lot of pressure to think, well, that works. I should be doing that. And it's like, no, do what works for yeah. you. And you know what? Life is too short. Don't do anything that doesn't make you happy. And a lot of that stuff doesn't make me happy. Like it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like me. So like there's certain aspects of it. I'm like, eh, all right, you know, but uh, I think that's a really hard thing in this world, no matter what kind of entrepreneur you mm -hmm. are, you know, is comparison, um, but also just watching what other people are doing, which is fine because it can give you inspiration and ideas, but you still have to be you. Yeah. And, and when you're not you, people can tell. So that's, I think, and that's why a lot of people who seem to be successful are successful is when they're themselves, whatever it is. If, if it is totally themselves to be like some hot chick in a bikini, <laughs> great. Good for you. You know, like if, and if it's real and it make cool, you know, but I feel like there's a lot of emulators and, um, and the ones that are very real do, do yeah. well, you know, yeah. because people relate to the person, not so much the content or the product or the brand, you know, people get really sucked into who the person no, is, you 100%. know? So, yeah. so if you are doing something that you think will, will make you money or will make people happy, it's only going to go so far, you know, people can sniff that out. So I think it's really important to do what makes you happy and, uh, and people will resonate with you and then everything else kind of follows. And that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. Cause it is hard to be like, well, <laughs> if I'm totally myself, people will hate me. You know, like it's like, no, it's a lot. It's a big, yeah, it's game. Like, and you'll find the right people. And, and I love what you're saying. So just to like, uh, recap it before I have my other little extra questions for you. Um, <laughs> don't be afraid to start over and to take risk. I love that you said that. I think that's really true. And I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people who sometimes fear failure or feeling or fear at least being perceived as if they haven't achieved something or that they failed when the truth is you're always allowed to start over. It's your life. Like, please do. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for yeah. sharing that. And then also um, being able to focus on what your task is at hand. And then when you are going to pivot, make sure that you're doing it from a place of inspired action rather than from a place of fear. Um, I also love that you touched upon always having multiple revenue streams um, and having a lot of different uh, fires and the iron or iron the fires, however it goes. And even if you see someone who might look like they're just posting or they're just doing this behind the scenes, there's usually a lot of different things going on to keep all the engines running, to keep the lights on, to keep the rent paid, to keep food on the table, like just to be like 100% real. They're doing multiple things to create their income. Um, I also love that you touched upon just do it and that you don't really need 
a big production company or a big studio that you can do it on your own, that we have the resources, we have the tools. And if you have a vision, you have a purpose and a message, put it out there. Like now we do have YouTube. We do have Instagram. We have everything we need. We do have an iPhone, which is like crazy. Now you can just do what you want to do. So just go out there um, and, and do it. And then I also loved how you said, um, right now, like, don't be afraid to be your own authentic self, because that is ultimately with what people and your audience will buy into is you, because no matter what you're pushing or selling, the person ultimately co-signs who's pushing it and who's selling it. And if there's a disconnect or a lack of integrity between what you're putting out there and who you are, you're exactly right. People will smell that and that will get you so far, but it won't take you all the way there and it won't sustain you because you'll just be another drop in the Instagram bucket and people will move on. They won't be invested in your story and they won't be invested in who you are. So I think you shared some really great insights. And so if you had to tell yourself when you were just starting out one piece of advice, what would it be? And then the second part is, if you were just starting out now, what would you tell yourself now? So it's a two-parter. Because you already gave us uh, such good information. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would tell my much younger self to just chill and relax and don't stress so much because ultimately it doesn't matter because as long as – and going back to the being honest with yourself – as long as you're honest with yourself, it always ends up working out. Like if you look at, you know, where you are now versus where you were 10, 20 years ago, however old you guys are. <laughs> I was like, I was an adult 20 years ago. But um, I, uh, <laughs> I, um, you can look at the times where you're like, oh my God, that time of my life sucked. But you know what? And then it ended up working out. It almost always ends up working out. I mean, of course, when people say that, I always I always want to be the the negative Nelly and be like, yeah, but what about people that like lose? You know, I'm like, okay, yes, there are isolated incidents. But for the most part, things that aren't total tragedies to uh, do, do. So they, uh, they do end up working out, whether it's you have to move or you lost your job or whatever. So many people will share those stories and they'll be like, but you know what? I got a better job or I got a better house or, you know, I lost the love of my life, but then I met this great person, you know, like it all happens to push you out of your comfort zone and your nest because there's something greater waiting for you, you know, but like when you're in it, you don't yeah. feel it. You have to look back and say, oh my gosh, you're right. That did work out last time. Even though when I was in it then, it sucked, mm -hmm. you know? So um, I would tell my younger self, just just trust, you know, even when you don't feel like it, just, just trust. Um, and then what I tell myself now, I'd be like, oh girl, don't get into social media. <laughs> Run for the hills. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, um, be like, just start something else and use it for that business, but don't yeah. like do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I would probably do things a little differently. I think I would, I would simplify. Mm. I would do something more simple. I think because I started when I did, I had to grow so many different aspects of it. And it's, and now it's, it's a whole engine I have to run on my own, you know? So 
I would definitely now be like, as much as I don't like the idea of telling anyone to put all their eggs in one basket, I would definitely say to focus on one platform, still have a presence on the others, but pick one that you're really good at and make that your sole purpose. And then the other platforms will grow. Um, whereas I had to do each one by one as they they came onto the scene. Um, and uh, no one knew then how important they would right. be now. Yeah. You know, like had I known when Instagram first started, I would have been like, dude, I would love to just do photos. And then that's it. You know, but I was just like, ah, that's another place for me to throw my stuff. Like here's, you know, a photo that links to my blog post or what, you know, like, but yeah, it's, uh, I would definitely, uh, I would simplify. It's a classic kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. You know, keep it simple. Don't fight off more than you can. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> keep it, that's the nicer way. <laughs> I'm a realist. Sometimes we're stupid. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Oh, this has been great. So what else is next for you? You said you had the book that's coming out and you talked about um, all the trips and stuff. So how how did COVID affect you with the traveling and all that stuff? Um, On the one hand, it was nice to just be like, oh, I don't have to do just anything a, right now. Take a beat. And – and there was no FOMO. There wasn't any like, that person's traveling. How come I didn't get picked for that trip? Or how, you know, there was none of that. It was great. Um, but I was able to travel quite a bit, actually. Um, not for the first couple of months, but I did do some road trips. And then um, things started to kind of pop up. Like I got to go to Mexico and then I went to Turkey and I went to the Maldives. And then I did a cross-country road trip on an RV. So I was uh, able to still get out and do stuff. Um, luckily, some of my other streams of being, income were still available. Um, so that was nice. So I got I got lucky that, uh, again, another reason to have multiple streams of income, right? If one goes, you still have other things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not as busy as it used to be. I used to be gone about 75% oh, wow. of the year. Um, yeah, so it's definitely less than it was, but it's allowed me to, to focus on redoing the book and, um, some other projects and kind of figuring out other things, other streams of income. Um, so yeah, so next is the book. Uh, so it should definitely be out by Black Friday. And then, um, the tours, uh, for next year, I'll be promoting those within the month. Um, because the slots are, are minor. There's only, I think 10 to 12 people oh, per wow. trip. So yeah. they're very intimate trips. So it's not like a giant group. Um, so I'll be promoting those soon. And then, uh, yeah, just continuing to churn out content and, uh, think of fun things to do and tweak different aspects of my business. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. And for my second to last question, what are some of the myths about being vegan or plant-based that you want to either like debunk or you want to talk about the benefits of it? Because I know some people are like, oh, if you go vegan, your hair is going to fall out. You're not going to be healthy and plant-based and da-da-da. And also, what is the exact difference between vegan and plant-based? Well, I'll start with that one. Uh, 
Vegan is the umbrella term for like the full lifestyle. So if and it's mainly a lot of um, animal animal rights people or people who went vegan for animals. So that means they not only eat vegan, meaning zero animal products at all. So no butter, no cheese, no milk, no fish, no nothing, right? Um, but they also don't wear leather. They don't buy anything that's been tested on animals. So it's like the full scope that's vegan. Plant-based is for people who just eat eat vegan, but they don't necessarily do everything else vegan. Like they may still have leather shoes or belts or whatever. So that's the delineation. Um, I think the myth is that, and I think it's it's not as bad as it used to be, but people used to be like, oh my God, it's so hard or it's so boring. And it's like, man, when I went vegan, it was hard and boring. You know, it was 23 wow. years ago. And uh, now, like, I couldn't have imagined my, my wildest dreams, the just how easy it is to find it. Like every restaurant mm-hmm. has something and something good. And that like the alternatives are incredible. Like I was like, well, I guess I'll never have cheese again. Um, and now like the vegan cheeses are outrageously good. Um, and like the, and I don't do a lot of meat substitutes or anything like that. I eat really clean, but like every now and again, I love a good like vegan burger or a pizza, you know? So, um, just the sheer, amount of options is insane. So um, definitely that myth is being debunked every day, uh, that it's boring, that there's no variety, and that it doesn't taste good. Um, and it's it's not hard. Uh, I, uh, I've never really had much difficulty with it. Even back then, I was able to, to work it out. So if you're, for whatever reason, you're thinking of doing it, whether it's a meatless Monday, or you just want to decrease your, you know, animal protein consumption, or you want to go full vegan, or whatever it is, it's it's so easy now. Um, and you can always go to my website, you know, for recipes and for tips and and things like that. And now, just there's so much information out there. It's it's kind of it's kind of harder to not be vegan. <laughs> yeah, and for everyone listening, I will have um, Carolyn's website linked in the show notes, but do you want to share with us now? Where can we find you? Where can we follow you? Where can we get your recipes, watch your travel shows, and maybe sign up for some travel ourselves? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, The easiest place is healthyvoyager.com. And then across all platforms, it's Healthy Voyager. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok. I don't really post my (laughs) And uh, on YouTube, it's Healthy Voyager Ooh, TV. Voyager TV. But everything else, it's Healthy Perfect. Voyager. But that's awesome. where you can well, find thank me. you so much, Caroline. This has been great. I know that we've all been very inspired by your journey and your example. And I'm excited to to go watch some Healthy Voyager TV and like see what you're doing and what you're up to <laughs> and maybe try some vegan food. And thank you for your inspiration as well. I think um, it's going to really resonate with people listening that – it's okay to start over and it's okay to pivot. It's okay to create your own lane and it's okay not to look like Instagram. thousand percent. (laughs) It is. It is. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So thank you so much. And for everyone listening, be sure to like subscribe, rate and share. 
And if you have any feedback for me, you can always email me at info at candywashington.com or send me a DM over on Instagram at candywashington. Until next time, everybody, be well and take care of yourself and each other. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me and please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And don't forget to share this podcast with a friend. Head over to Instagram and join me at Candy Washington. I can't wait to hear from you.